And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's this thing on. One, two, my check. One, two. All right. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story before. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. When did we become machines that we get triggered and we can't control ourselves? Great question. <laughs> I do have a take. Point of contention. Many numerous little questions confront us. Should the man rise when he accepts his cup of tea? May lump sugar be taken with the fingers? Mm, no. Uh, is it good form to accept a second cup? Now, should the napkin be entirely unfolded or should the center crease be allowed to remain? It is so easy to commit embarrassing blunders. But etiquette tells us just what is expected of us and guards us from all humiliation and discomfort. <laughs> mm, yes, boring. Let us switch to, um, to some poetry. Mm. There was an old man from the cave. Welcome to Point of Contention, of five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. I'm Zach Harper, Jade Hoyt is producing. Coming up on the show, Lucas Fat, Zion's Fat, Dame maybe gone, Rookie of the Year odds, plus we figure out who the best team in the NBA is. All right, in this corner, from the soft streets of Longmeadow, yeah, Massachusetts, baby. Celtics beat reporter and future Ooh. author of the book, From the Mid-Ainge. Danny Ainge's relentless pursuit of mediocrity. It's Jay the Kid King. I'm going to get angered by his answer, I'm sure. But Jay, best Christmas movie of all time. That's a extremely good question. I'm going to go with It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, my God. It, it's it's a wonderful <laughs> life. There's not, I, there is not Bailey, a chance you watch it this month. I watch it every single Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. I am a sucker Jimmy for Stewart, It's a Wonderful fraud. Life. Fraud. That is so George, New England, oh dude. That's that is so has, New England. That's not just New England. That's worldwide. Clarence! Wilson! Tell me, Clarence! Wilson! Get me back! That's the coo- that's the Bob Cousy of Christmas movies. Please, please, I cry every single time I watch that movie. I've gotten emotional. People only gave a shit about see. it sixty years ago. That's the Bob Cousy of Christmas movies. I, oh my I god! You cry every time you watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, it's not my girl. When, like when that's everyone a movie to starts cry pouring about. in and handing him money. Just, he needs his glasses, James. Dog, he needs his glasses. I cried oh, as like a girl. seven-year-old. My Ooh, girl yeah. was the dumbest shit, man. And, but, Dude, the feasting. Yeah, it was yeah, sad. If only, it, if was only sad. it had somebody talking like this, and then we could have had uh, we could have had Macaulay Culkin <laughs> saved from the bees. It's actually not a bad James. Yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty good. I'm not good. And in this corner from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Detroit legend and future author of the book, Stan, How Eminem Taught Van Gundy to Rap, James Edwards the Third. James, I don't know why I'm asking you this. Beastie Boys or Eminem? Eminem. That's, I, yeah. I mean, what did you think yeah, was going to be his answer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why the there, James. To, But to be fair, Eminem after... That's because that's his, his biggest influence... He cites as because the Is it? Is it really? It's got to be. Right? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, they're good. I yeah, like them. But uh, Eminem outside. I mean, I didn't love Relapse, but like going back now, it's fine because everything else mm-hmm. after that was trash. So Eminem, first three albums, one of the best three album starts in rap history. If he would have just stopped there, the, the the conversation on him ends differently. I mean, yeah, he's still fine, but you know what it is. He should have stopped at 8 Mile. He should have stopped at 8 Mile. You stop at 8 Mile, yeah. you end on those battles. You're the yeah, go You're goaded forever. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. But 
kept going. It's all right. JC's made like four trash albums since, <laughs> since the Black Album when he retired. So I think we're good. Yeah, I just said stop with the Skylar Gray if you're listening, Eminem. Enough Skylar Gray songs on every album. Thank you. Uh, James, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Well, funny story. I actually just watched Edward Scissorhands for the first time last night. My whole life, I thought it was a horror movie, so I never watched it. Uh, yeah. I caught the middle of it, and I was like, what is this? She's like, Edward Scissorhands. I'm like, this is it? Like, this is why I, I was afraid of this? Good movie. I just want to put that out there. I think it's based around Christmas. Great movie. Um, sort of. Yeah, like yeah. he was I saying. Mean, yeah, up, sort of. Yeah. But hold Are on. you calling Edward Scissorhands a, a Christmas movie? I mean, it's based around Christmas, and it gave me a reason to admit that I, 29 years later, and I just watched it for the first time. But Home Alone. Josh Hart said Home Alone is not a Christmas movie, which is very... Confusing. All of them he are Christmas that. movies. It's right. based They're on all, a family yeah. going away for Christmas. Yeah, Josh right. Hart. What the hell kind of tweet <laughs> yeah. was? That? What are you talking about, fam? <laughs> maybe he's uh, maybe mind. he's not good enough enough food to his brain because. All right, Jade, start the clock. Speaking of fat, fat Luca, whining and dining, whining with an H. May I present to you my spy in the Ministry of Defense? First things first, where's your shit at? Maverick superstar Luka Doncic finally acknowledged that his conditioning has got to be better. On TNT broadcast of Mavs 102-99 loss to the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday night, Doncic's weight and conditioning were a frequent subject on the broadcast. Reggie Miller criticized Doncic, saying he was plodding up and down the court and has got to trim down. There is not a worse description. Maybe waddling. <laughs> waddling and plodding are the two worst ways to be described moving as a fat person. Jade, play the tape. Or wheezing. Jade, play the tape. This is the heaviest I've probably ever seen Luca look right now. And I know he's, you know, he's had a, a long year with the Olympics, but... Look how he's plodding up and down. He's not really, really running. And you're wondering, you know, the injuries, the thumb, the ankle, the knee. According to reports, Luca reported to training camp weighing more than 260 pounds for the second consecutive That's year. That's a lot of pounds. That's a lot, man. He's listed at 230. Jade Clippin, liar, liar, Jim Carrey saying, yeah, in your bra. <laughs> Now let's see. Weight 105? Yeah. In your bra. Your Honor, I am checked. You would! Bastard! Hey! Quiet! <laughs> oh! Quote, I had a long summer, said Doncic. A foot-long summer, I'd say. This comes on the heels of head coach Jason Kidd criticizing Luca for complaining to the refs too much. Jason Kidd's these days. I don't know. I had a long summer. Everyone's dark horse MVP choice just two years ago. Doncic is averaging 25 points, 7.9 rebounds, 8.5 assists for the 11 and 12 Mavs. Slightly down from his numbers from previous two seasons. He's shooting 44% from the field. One last note, he has been dealing with an ankle injury, so that's important. But, Jay, let's uh, let's cut the fat here. Or let's chew the fat. Let's do anything with the fat here. Is this perfect storm of weight gain, complaining, and injury cause for concern in the long run with Luca, Or is Luca going through a teenage midlife crisis? Well, here's the thing. He's still averaging like 26, 9, and 8, or whatever it is. He's still going to be one of the best players in the league. The only reason this is a cause for concern is because Luca has a choice to decide, do I want to be one of the best players in the NBA for a long time or do I want to be an absolute all-timer with a chance to win a ton of championships, with a chance to drag teams to the title, with a chance to win multiple MVPs because that's the type of talent he is. Mm-hmm. And if, if he gets in elite shape and if he gets rid of the fat and if he you know, takes another level as a finisher, as a three-point shooter as a defender especially, then there is no limit for him. And and that that's why this is disappointing. It's it's not like he's playing poorly. It's it's not like he's holding back the Mavericks in any way. Right. It's it's not like the weight has made him a scrub at it by any means. It's just this is a guy with a chance to be one of the very best players ever. And like he has a chance to crack the top 10 of all time player. Like he's that talented. He's that good. He's that young. And, and for him to, to just 
trying to veer away from the proper conditioning and taking care of his body, it, it's definitely disappointing. Um, the, yeah. the funniest part part of this was him being like, yeah, I had a long I summer, so that's why I'm fat. It's like, your long summer was playing basketball in the Olympics. Like, that should, that should <laughs> not you make you fat. Yeah. Uh, James, James I, liked, I liked when they asked Jason Kidd about it last night. He said, well, he's... He's been this weight since I got here, so this is all I know, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like that's a funny way of saying, yeah, this dude was fat when I showed 100%. up. Hundred <laughs> percent. And listen, I think Luca has, I think it's shown more uh, as of late, but I think there were always kind of diva-ish tendencies since he's kind of took the league by storm. Um, and he, not to say he doesn't like Jay said. He busts. He he busts his ass. He plays hard. His numbers are good to great. Uh, but you definitely see a guy at times just based on the officiating. Um, this weight thing, other small instances throughout his career, like definitely a guy that got the crown a little too soon, almost kind of like we talk about all the time when Trey Young said, yeah, it's kind of hard to get through the regular season after what we just went through. It's kind of, he's kind of from that cloth. And it's like, I think that's just what naturally happens when guys are anointed so early in their career. Like I, I think they don't have to learn what it takes or maybe not even care at this stage what it takes to be what Jay said, like an all-time great. Like people are just complacent once they get the money and are already getting the applause and, and being lauded everywhere they go. Now it's like, well, what do you want to be? Um, and we all know if Luca gets to like a certain weight, whatever that weight is, uh, we can all vision it in our head what it would look like. That That's one of the dangerous, most dangerous men to ever touch a basketball, I think, possibly. Yeah. And Jay, I think it's the idea that like, yeah, he did have maybe a longer layoff and it's not the proper training you would normally do in the off season. Sure. Like I can be open to that idea, but you like, he like, he still came in 260 yeah, plus. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's big, right? For a 6'8", 260, like that's a big dude. And then on top of that, Jay, like, yeah, his numbers are fine, but this isn't this isn't the Luca we expected to see this season, right? Like, like I think it's safe to say he's been disappointing so far. Not that it's going to be necessarily bad all season, but he's been disappointing so far. Yeah, I think maybe he has to deal with something like this. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the MVP in the EuroLeague at, like, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. He came in the NBA and instantly dusted everyone. His, yeah. his second year in the NBA, he averaged close to 38 and 8. Like, he's just been on a ridiculous trajectory and so maybe he needs a little bit of not failure, but a, a year when things, when things Backlash, when things right, don't yeah. go the way he wants, and people are talking about his weight, and all of a sudden he's got this criticism, and he's got to look himself in the mirror and think, "Yeah, that dude's a little too big." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he he needs to get in shape, and if he does, like, there's there's no one who can stop him right now at 260. If he gets to 240 then good night good luck good luck yeah. it's also ironic that i'm talking about somebody's weight i i literally ordered taco bell to my hotel room last night fam what city are you in i'm in i'm in la and yeah, you yeah, ordered taco bell yeah there's taco trucks probably all around I'm, oh wait no he's, he's i'm out in the middle of nowhere man i'm in the middle of nowhere. like an hour away from LA. why when it, i did a drunk spelling me the other night jay came out how mad was your uber driver my when he heart. found out you were taking you back to Redondo, I swear to God, he, he he looked he looked at the the phone to see where he was going, and then he looked back at me like he was gonna <laughs> kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like close to an hour trip. Of course it was, no. and then that means he had to get back. Yeah, he he was he was ready to mutilate oh, me. Man. I was curious about yeah. that wallpaper behind you. I was like, that doesn't that doesn't seem yeah, that's, that's downtown not the, LA. That's not the kids' it's apartment. Not, yeah, it's not the kids' vibe right there. All right. Speaking of not the vibe to have, take two. End of an era. More trouble in Portlandia as they keep things weird. Trailblazers guard CJ McCollum has been diagnosed with a collapsed right lung. It'll be sidelined indefinitely, the team said Tuesday. I contend there's no worse sounding injury than collapsed lung. McCollum was injured in the Blazers' 145-117 loss to the Celtics on Saturday. McCollum's injury is one of several to befall the struggling Blazers. Damian Lillard has missed a few games with lower abdominal tendinopathy. Anthony Simons is out with a right ankle sprain. And forward Nasir Little has missed four games with a left ankle sprain. Meanwhile, speculation continues to mount on where Damian Lillard or literally any blazer past or present may end up at the trade deadline just weeks away on Wednesday's hoops adjacent episode blazers reporter 
Jason Quick reflected on this end of an era in Portland and spoke to the importance of Dame as a central figure in Portland's basketball culture. Jade, play that tape. If you're them, kind of get a feel for where this is going with him. Because, you know, he's just not the type of guy that is going to say, I have given up on this franchise. He just can't do it, you know, and credit to him. I actually admire that in him and in Beal also, that they won't walk away when it would be convenient for them to do so. But then how do you kind of judge whether it's time to, to make the move or not? Yeah, I don't know, David. I think that's, that's a big question, and that's that's the crossroads we've all reached. And what, what the I think what the franchise is probably huddling and trying to figure out right now. That's it. Now on the spot. One, two, one, two, one, two. What are your legs? Springs. Steel springs. What are they going to do? Hold me down the track. How fast can you run? As fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. Then let's see you do it. And I'm, I'm sure Joe will have, you know, meetings with Dame and try to get a feel on, on what's going on. But I think also they have to look at the organization first. Before Dame, I, I, you know, obviously they should consider what Dame is thinking and think about it, but their number one priority should be the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think that gets lost. I, I, I think there's a lot of politicking and, you know, uh, the way this business works now with agents and all that, having their say and shaping narratives and leaking stuff. Uh, you know, the team and the organization should be number one. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's all come to a head and fast, James. We've seen this past week. Chauncey Billups criticizing the team for a lack of heart, and the writing is now clearly on the wall. With more than 100 free agents who signed this offseason becoming trade eligible next week, Portland's options in a trade are about to become more plentiful. So, James, I ask you, where may Dame land if he goes anywhere? Boston, Philly, Minnesota, Cleveland, the Pistons? What's he going to do? I'd love for it to be Detroit. That'd be fun. I'm trying to be on Dame time. Um, listen, so the obvious, everyone talks New York, Philly. I have one that I don't know if it's been tossed around. I have two. Brooklyn. Kyrie okay. for Dame. Why the fuck would they want Kyrie? <laughs> because I don't think Portland is in a situation. I, I'll say this. I would be very curious to see what a full teardown would look like in Portland. How supportive yeah. would that be um, by that fan base? Not necessarily like Ames. Like, I think they can stomach Dame being gone. This stuff has been so wild for the last year and a half. I think that's fine. I'm not sure. And it's a, it's a great basketball town. I love Portland. Um, just there. It's my second favorite city on the circuit. So don't get me wrong. But... I'm just very curious. I don't know how much they would be able to stomach a rebuild of epic proportions. Right. And I think a Kyrie, Kyrie seems very Portland without still kind of not being Portland in a weird way. I don't know. Like, I feel like he would enjoy being there. Um, and obviously like it's a like for like swap in some ways, but then the other team, I would love to see Memphis go for it. With Dame? With Dame. 
They've got Jaw. I know. What? Play them together. Both of them? What? Play them together. Okay. I would like a little more. I want a little more scoring punch from Memphis. I'd I like just, to see them take a swing. Real quick, um, City of Portland. When you do scream at us on Twitter for what James said, if you would just uh, look, it's asking a lot. Just take my handle out of the tweet and take Jay's handle out of the tweet and just leave athletic. No, leave me in there. I want to see all the. <laughs> all right, Jay wants to say, I just take at talk hoops out. I just just take that out of the the reply. I don't want to see all that. I don't support any of what James just said. But Memphis, you want to see them them two together? I want to. Oh I want to see. I want to see something shocking, and I want to see Memphis go for it. I want to see. Wow. That is shocking. I think Memphis is close. I don't know. Like, I think they are. I, I, well, I think they need a wing, and that Dame wouldn't help it. But just off the top of my head, I would just love to see right. those two together with Jaron. Uh, but I still think it's going to end up being Philly or New York, realistically. Jay, do you, do you have a more ridiculous suggestion? <laughs> I, what I might. Said? I might. I might. No, I, I want to see him in Denver. I want to see. Oh, yeah, I, I want to see a yes. trade centered around Jamal Murray. I want to see. I mean, you can't do that with that knee rehab, right? Why? That's why tough. not? Portland doesn't need to win right away. They'd they'd probably prefer being as bad as possible this year, and yeah. then yeah. getting a brand new Jamal Murray next year. I, I just think the the Nuggets have had just a brutal run of luck lately. They clearly need to replenish the talent around Jokic. Yeah. They are beating teams by 13.2 points per 100 possessions with him on the court and getting beat by 15.2 points per 100 possessions a, when he's yeah, off the like court. It's like a 30-point swing. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's just insane. And and so he's dragging them right now, dragging yeah. them to 500, dragging them to whatever they'll be. I just think if if you put another legitimate superstar next to Jokic, you have a chance mm-hmm. because he's that good. He's going to give you a floor that's so high. And someone else needs to raise their ceiling. And I, I think if if they can somehow get Dame, I, I think they give themselves a chance. Um, I think they just then they just have to go out and get some defensive minded wings. The offense would be perfectly fine. I just want to remind the city of Portland when you do tweet us, please just take at talk hoops out of it to yell at Jay and to yell at James uh, for both of those suggestions. Um, the Philly thing, I almost wonder if Portland would just be like out of spite. Like nah, I hope like, we're so. Not, we're not going to do that with with you, Daryl Morey, right? I hope they do because I don't have like any beef at all with Daryl Morey, but for him to have this dick swinging contest and look like he might win at the end of it, like I just don't want that to happen. I don't know, like for him to call a shot, like I'm just going to sit here and somebody's going to trade remember, with me. I just remember that you thought he's six ten. Bam, <laughs> he's like. And then I sent you guys the photo. Who was he? He's like six three, six four. Like he's like he's a tall dude, but he's I'd not say, six ten. I'd say six like, five, six six. By the way, it's it's harder to come up with a, a Dame trade than I feel like it should be. Like I, yeah, I was scouring yeah. through all the teams. I was like, there aren't a lot of perfect fits that have enough assets and to go that get need him, a right? point guard. Yeah. Like the the Warriors would would that be enough if they load up with? Wiseman they, and their their two recent they, lottery picks. Why do they the, need Dame though? Like that's they don't. But yeah, that'd be fun as but hell. But he's out there, yeah. you know. Like and about, and I uh, do think that the Warriors must be considering whether to just go all in now because obviously they have the young guys in, yeah. in Wiseman and they have these assets. Yeah, but they also have a team that that's ready right now to compete for a championship. So I, I think there must be. Uh, a pull for them to to go all in and, and push those chips in now. I'm not saying the deal's easy. Like the two places I would want to see Dame, regardless of what that trade has to look like, is well, I guess three places. I actually would like to see him with Embiid in Philly. So there there is part of yes. me that really wants to see that. But I'd love to see him in Toronto with that organization with Masai Ujiri building around him. And I'd love to see him on Dallas next to Luca. Yeah. See what that looks like, right? Like it, like they need more creation uh, outside of Luca's presence. What was our I've, word? They oomph. need more balance. Yeah. Would Miami be able to mount uh, a I push? I think they got the like, stuff. Like around Tyler. I don't think they have Tyler the Hero. Picks. Of, the picks would hurt. Yeah. yeah. Hero and Lowry and would you give I up Duncan? Lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if, so, you, oh if, if you could get Dame, Jimmy and Bam 
that's yeah that's fun as hell yeah once again city of portland just take at talk hoops portland yeah we don't want this to happen we want i want game there forever speaking of mm, take three how much does zion weigh more news from the front of more than two players Again, Jade, yeah, in his bra. Uh, on a recent podcast, ESPN's Tim McMahon, a.k.a. Band McMahon, reported that Zion Williamson does indeed weigh a robust 330 pounds. He's Band McMahon, Band McMahon. He's the fattest dude in all the land. You got Texas blood as thick as Exposing the fact the fat dudes in the NBA. That is gumbo size, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody nobody tell McMahon how much I weigh. (laughs) Quote The number I've heard from several places about Zion is 70 pounds higher than 260. You do the math. The notorious math hater stated. This comes just days after a picture surface of a rather uh, plump. Williamson, alongside this Pelican sidelines, sources did not confirm if Zion was wearing one of those, you know, nutty professor suits or anything under that red sweatshirt. The Pelicans have poured resources, time, and energy to protect Zion's health. They have changed members of the staff and even changed some of their culinary practices in an attempt to support him, which is good. He does seem to need that. Amid concerns about his health, some are calling for him to sit for an entire season. The playoff run of the cards for a team that has their big guy, Literally sitting fat chance of that happening guys. So for some frame of reference, Shaq played uh, at 21 years old at 325 pounds. Shaq. Yeah. Seven foot one. Shaq. (laughs) (laughs) After playing a combined 85 games over his first two seasons, Zion has yet to play a single minute this season as he recovers from that broken foot. Jay, that big fat grin off your face. How serious a concern is this now becoming? Zion can't seem to get this in order, despite getting his order in. This this is far more serious of a concern than than the Luca stuff. Because with Luca, it's he's still on the court, he's still playing extremely well, he's still an all NBA type player. It's holding back his potential, but it's not keeping him off the court. It's not ruining his career. With Zion, he's at the stage now where people are starting to wonder if he'll become an all-time what if. What if Zion could stay on the court? What if he could avoid injuries? And all the foot injuries, the the lower body injuries, this stuff is all related to the weight. Yeah. And and so that's been the for word. a while. Even in, I even feel like we're going to get in trouble for body shaming yeah, on this I was episode. Preface, I was gonna it's preface, okay. Yeah. Jay, Jay and I, I don't are fat. Ca- I don't like, care can, what yeah, guys like we, look like. like they, yeah. they are beautiful in their own way. Right. Okay, but you what have to be at a. I'm only. I'm only. I'm only discussing. I'm only discussing how it impacts their basketball that these guys are overweight. That's it. Um. I'm fat. Jay's fat. It's fine. We can say this stuff. James, you've got to be careful. Yeah, James. James. James Let me show you my belly. Everything else is skinny. Let me show you this belly. He's got that skinny fat bastard. First things first. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Come on. You're lucky, wee man. Ah. Can I have a hug? Dr. Evil, let me make you a deal, all right? You get the motor, you keep your money, and I'll get your baby. Right. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby. I want my baby back, baby back. Now on the spot. One, two, one, two, one, two. Excuse me. What are your legs? Springs. Steel springs. What are they going to do? Hold me down the track. How fast can you run? As fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. Then let's see you do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so with Zion, it's like it's it's at the place where it's derailing his entire career. Yeah, it's not keeping him from being better. It's keeping him from being on the court. Yep. That's the concern, right? And I and I've seen stuff. I've heard whispers of like, not he would be out this long, but James that it would take him 
three months to work this weight off. No, like people are, are estimating like that. Like that's that's significant for a professional athlete. Hundred percent. He takes it hundred percent seriously, which right. he hasn't. Yeah. And he lives in a tough city to to take nutrition seriously. I'll be there tomorrow. Oh my and god! I can't I, fucking wait to get I, to New Orleans. I spent a week there once and gained ten. It's, it's impossible like, it was, not it was to. Nuts. Yeah. I, oh my god. So that didn't do him any favors. Two quick. I have two quick stories on Zion and then a theory. Uh, the first one is I'll, I'll leave with this because the other one leads into my theory. Um, my the rook, Zion's rookie year, we were in some city and an opposing GM was also in the gym because they're a team. It was a back to back for the road team. I can't remember who it was. And he came in the media room and talked to us. And we were having me and a couple other media guys were having a conversation. We're like, would you have taken? Would any GM have taken Jao over Zion if the blowback from the fan base? wouldn't have been enormous and that we asked the gm this he's like i think there are some gms who would have taken jow over zion if it wasn't so etched in stone that they would be that he was the number one guy that he was this transformative talent because there were concerns uh with the lower mm-hmm. body injuries the weight um and i just always kept that in the back of my head like zion was going to go number one no matter what because we all know if he's healthy he's what the it's ridiculous how high the talent goes but people worried about the availability and best ability is availability. Now, the other day I was talking to Will Gilroy, our Pelicans writer. I was like, Will, call me crazy if I am, but is there any way that the Pelicans would start entertaining trade calls at this point? Because I'm of the belief he's young. Yeah. What if like, I just wouldn't be surprised if he's damaged goods at this point, whether it's Mm. not being able to get the weight down Maybe there's something there, but the lower body yeah. stuff with the weight, like I wouldn't be mad at New Orleans if they like, what can we get for Zion at 365? Like, let's see what we can get for him. Yeah, like I so. And my theory the is he's foot- being overweight so he can get traded. <laughs> okay, goodness. Um, I love that theory. That's a wild theory. Or I'm saying once theory. he leaves uh, New Orleans, we'll see the most fit Zion we've ever city seen. City of New Orleans. <laughs> These, this theory does not does not fly with yeah, me. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm out of hey, this. Hey, Jade, can we, can, we leave, can we not drop this podcast till Saturday night when I get back from New Orleans, actually? I, just, I just should have thought about that. Damn. Jade, just cut off. Because the first three Pelican seconds, fans, just cut will be in town. Intro, outro, that's it. Six-minute pod. Um, no, like, the foot thing is concerning, mm-hmm. right? Because we've seen careers derail like i'm w- way more concerned about a foot injury like that than i am about like him blowing out his knee yep. way more concerned about that because i do think it ends up causing more problems for you um i do like i think we have to remember like last year that dude was a monster so good monster yeah. no one's ever had a second season like he's had in terms of scoring and efficiency mm-hmm. like i do think this is a little bit of an overreaction but the pictures are concerning. The injury is concerning. And all the whispers about, well, now they're trying to get this done and they're trying to get this in order for him. And they're trying to set up this system. You shouldn't have to set up that kind of system, but you do. So it's, you know, it's not quite as extreme, but like, it's a little bit like Embiid in Philly yep. at first, right? That's a good, the whole yeah. Shirley Temple gate and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there was like, there was a, there was a lot of stuff there the about Chick-fil-A his diet. On the, uh, the Chick-fil-A on the stretch yeah. table. Exactly. Like there was some concern about that. And so like, yeah, like it's not the first time we'll, we'll get this. It's not the last time uh, when Luca shows up 300 pounds next year, we'll be wondering about this as well. But I, I think with Zion, um, I do think we're a little quick to just now write him off as like, oh, fat guy injured. And last year he was historic. Fair. Enough. And he didn't and he didn't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, he still doesn't really know what he's doing in the NBA. Right. No, that's and, fair. And he's that good. And coaches are still trying to figure out what to do with him. He's just a singular talent. Like, they, they were running him at point yeah. guard. He yeah. scored, like, 80% of his points from inside and, the paint. By the way, or third the coach in three line. years, yep. right? I mean, he hasn't played for Willie Green yet, but third <laughs> coach in three years. Like, that's instability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, he's got to take control right now. Absolutely. And, yes. and get his career on the right track. Because he is that singular talent. And mm-hmm. he, he is that guy who is otherworldly around the rim is has better body control than anyone his size maybe ever and i would say for sure ever yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he's like i i i think 
Drew Holiday said it once. It, he's like Tony Parker at 300 pounds. You know, I love like, that. Like that's that's that. how he finishes around the rim. Yeah, and and so he is just this ridiculous talent. But lose 40 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is. Get get a nutritionist. Get get in the gym. Stop eating late night. And I say this as a man who, like I said, ordered, ordered Taco ordered Bell last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I did I did 100 push-ups this morning, so I'm I'm on. The Let's right go. Track. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Let's go. I did 25. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do 25 push-ups in each radio break, and I did it for the first four radio breaks. I was like, I'm kind of tired. I'm not gonna do this shit the rest of the show, but I did it. That's a lot. Yeah, you're, you're gonna yeah. shame me into hitting the hotel gym. I'm. I would. I would. I can't have Zach that. working out harder. Than I, also, I, I also. I also ate a donut and a half this morning. So you deserve that, though. Yeah, I did. I earned that shit. I agree. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Speaking of earning stuff, take four. NBA title odds. Get your wallets out. Nope, that's not right, Jane. Do that again. Yeah. Take four. Rookie of the year odds. Get your wallets out. That's right, folks. There is no better way to get through the cold winter than putting a little scratch down on an NBA game, settling in and screaming at your TV, thinking the players will respond. Get the goddamn rebound. Last week, we did MVP. This week, it's rookie of the year. My neighbors must think I'm an insane person. First up, we have Evan Mobley coming in at plus 225. All by your boy, James. K. don't call me Richie Cunningham. Hello, Bing Bong. We never got to finish our game last time. We got trouble here, gentlemen? Uh, you gonna save this kid again, Fonz? Maybe. It's cool, Fonz. I'll handle these clowns. Hey, you heard him. It's his fight. Hey, it's me and Bing Bong alone. The name is Richie. That's a, that's a modern reference for you. <laughs> <laughs> plus 260. Scotty Barnes also at plus 260. Jalen Green plus 1200. Josh Giddy plus 1600. And Franz Honus Wagner at plus 3000. Since Marcus is not here, we'll use his $500 from all those book sales. I had to buy one at one point. To secure the wager, James, who's got your bet for rookie of the year right now? I think it's Evan Mobley, um, but what I will say, well, let me, Evan Mobley has been fantastic, both sides of the ball, everything we thought he would be uh, right away. I was a little worried after Summer League where it definitely looked like that frame was not going to hold up. That I don't know what happened between then and the start of the season. He doesn't look much different, but he's handling it well. I mean, this is a guy we could talk about on making one of the all-defensive teams as a rookie, legitimately mm -hmm. a, a special specimen. Um, what I will say there's still part of me that thinks, can he get through a full season? Um, I, I, he already has missed time for, I forgot what it was. Uh, wasn't a foot, was it? Or it wasn't a sprain. Whatever it was. I don't. Thumb maybe yeah, or something. Thumb. Yeah. So I, I want to see it because I still am. The, the small frame still kind of worries me. Cade's been balling as of late. He's averaging 22-7-3 and three on 51-50 over his last four, which is exactly a month since he's got NBA experience. He was gone till October 19th. Yeah, he seems to be He's starting to get into it. Yeah. Well yeah. So I think it's going to be neck and neck, I think, between those two. Uh, I think Evan holds on because Cleveland's better. And I mean, he's just like I said, he could be an all defensive player. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to Franz Wagner, who I was like, this is I'm, I, him and Josh Gideon is not getting behind. And Franz has been absolutely hooping. So I want to send no, apologies no, to no. the Michigan Wolverine as much as it hates me, uh, pains me to say. Yeah. yeah. Notice a little theme there with not blaming Gideon Wagner. Uh, Jay, really quick, Jay, really quick, really quick, really quick, really quick. 
Josh Giddy was here the other day. Probably not a big Corey Kispert guy either. No, I like Kispert. I respect the sweat. I don't know. I respect the curly hair swag. I respect it. Giddy, though, fam, I don't care what his numbers look like. I don't care. He looks like he can't play basketball, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> wow. It's so stiff. Wow. It's, he plays so I stiff. Don't li- I don't like the way he dribbles, it's so right? It looks weird. weird, but I don't know. He's balling No, he's playing bit, well. You know? It just... I'm getting a bucket. I'll just leave it at that. Go ahead, Jay. The, wow. The oh, bet God. here is Cade Cunningham. Right now, Evan Mobley would be my favorite. Scotty Barnes would probably be my second. But the bet is Cade Cunningham because he's just hitting his stride. Mm-hmm. He is going to put up a ton of stats over the rest of the season. He's going to be more mm-hmm. efficient than he's been so far. And you can just see him starting to become comfortable, starting to grow into his role. And he has huge responsibilities for that Pistons team. Like, mm-hmm. like Evan Mobley plays a lot of defense, but Evan Mobley is like on offense, mostly a finisher, mm-hmm. you know, like Scotty Barnes is kind of a do everything guy where Fred Van Vliet and OG Anobi and Pascal Siakam, they have greater responsibilities on offense. Kate Cunningham's a guy for Detroit yeah. and, like, the, and his teammates are, I think, starting to realize it now too. He, he, he's the centerpiece for them. So it's tougher for him to, to get his stats because every team is trying to take him away. He walked into the NBA and got double teams immediately. Mm-hmm. Like after not, having preseason he just yeah. walked in yeah. walked in and had double teams uh, nope not yeah. today so so it's taken him a little while to adjust to that but you can see it and he's a guy who just thinks the game at such a high level has such a high iq and i think over the rest of this season he's going to outperform the rest of the competitors for that rookie of the year and i, the I know james wanted Barnes. to say it but james is like i can't be a homer out here <laughs> i can't i gotta give it to evan mobley i got no, but, but he had to shit on josh giddy real quick <laughs> Dude, I'm like, sorry, Josh Giddy. That's Josh Giddy. We gotta, no, like he, we gotta get you no, some DW40, bro. Um, I think the Scotty Barnes disrespect here is ridiculous. Scotty Barnes has been so good. He's yeah, been awesome. Been, and, There's no disrespect. Yeah. He's been awesome. He's going to continue to be awesome, if you ask me. But I just think Cade, his his ceiling here is is a lot higher. He's going to end up with more points, more assists, yeah. everything. It is a three-person race, though, right? Yep. I mean, maybe Franz Wagner can get into the mix a little bit at some point, but I just I don't I don't think he's got that kind of role to put up the numbers, even though he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. It does feel like it's just these three, and especially now that Cade, like you mentioned, like Cade over the last week or two is really getting going, yeah. and like finally like finishing and making shots, making threes, and like he's not going to shoot fifty percent from no, three, but he won't but shoot seventeen percent like, like he was to start. Yeah, exactly. Like he's going to like he he just looks more comfortable out there now. Yep. No, and I agree. I think those three, and I'm going to throw Franz in there just because of the disrespect I showed him early. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. In this class, we talked about it. Like even the guys mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily in that running, like I have fun watching James Booknight when he does play. Uh, I like Kaminga. It's there's a lot of guys that I think are going to be really good players. This is this class was as advertised so far. And then J- Jalen Green's a bucket too. Like yeah, I mean yeah, he's he's got to figure out the shot a little bit and become more. Efficient. It would be nice if they just put John Wall on the court and helped him. Please get some buckets, right? Like John Wall would set up Jalen Green so well. Like you want some development, get a point guard out there. Like I'm fine with the Kevin Porter Jr. experiment at point guard. Yep, I'm fine with it. Like I think it's good for his overall development. But man, give like do some favors for Jalen green here. I agree. Just do some favors here. Um, and I miss John James Wall a little bit. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I like watching. And him. if he looks bad, then send his ass back to the bench. <laughs> right. but, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think we could all use a little bit more Josh or John wall in a, in this to get Jalen green and Josh Christopher and Alfred and Shangoon and all these guys, just some easy buckets in their development. Agreed. All right. Take five. Last week, we saw arguably the two best teams in the NBA go back-to-back as the Suns and Warriors split a home-and-away series. Both teams at the time of this recording are 20-4, and four, but Vegas still believes in the Nets as they're the favorite to win it all. And let's not forget the Bucks. The Lakers still lingering atop some betting boards because, you know, LeBron and betting public and our very own power rankings. And by ours, I mean mine. My power rankings, the greatest power rankings that ever existed. After Mark Stein, they had the Suns at number one, followed by the Warriors, and then the Nets, and then the Bucks. Of course, health has been a factor across the board, but I'm curious, Jay, as of this moment, who do you think is the best team in the NBA? And does that mean they will win the championship? Right now, it's the Suns. They've played the best basketball when Devin Booker and Chris Paul have both been on the court. They've been the best team. 
I don't think they're going to win a championship. I mm. think the Warriors, when Clay gets back, are going to be an absolute force. I think the Nets, as Harden continues to round into shape, like they're 17 and 7. They've been playing poorly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like they, they're just scratching out wins. They're at the top of the Eastern Conference, even though they, they haven't really figured everything out yet. So I, I think their ceiling is higher than just about anyone else's. I think the Bucks are still extremely formidable. They've battled mm-hmm. health. They've battled a lot of different things, and they're at 16 and 9. So, like, the Suns and Warriors have been by far the two best teams so far this season. I just don't think when it gets to the end of the season that that'll be the case. I think a lot of other teams are going to catch up to those two over the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with Jay. I, for me, I'm going to go with the Warriors just because, I, I mean, they have the best offensive player and arguably the best defensive player. Andrew Wiggins has been balling uh, for quite some time now. They're going to get Clay back. The young guys have worked in well. And like we said earlier, like, they're scary now, and there's, like, a big move that could happen if they wanted to. Like, they could get another significant piece. So I'm going to roll with the Warriors. As Phoenix is fantastic. Phoenix has been fun to watch. Uh Obviously, Milwaukee, I think, is still like one of those teams that when we're talking about who's going to win the title, like they need to be in that conversation. I don't necessarily think they're one of the best teams now. Agree with Jay. Brooklyn hasn't even played their best basketball and they're top of the East. And it wouldn't be James on a podcast if I didn't shout out the Bulls. So shout out the Bulls. Shout out to Billy Donovan. Uh, But yeah, the the Warriors, man. I I think the Warriors, I I hope I want one more. I want one more Warriors title before it's all said and done with this group. You could you can tell that they sense it. Like mm-hmm. like they they know this team has a chance. Like Draymond is at such a different level than he's been at the last couple of seasons. He's re- reinvigorated by this. They they built a bench out of dudes that either nobody wanted or were just trash last year. Yeah. Like Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., Jerry Payton the second. Yeah, it's like who are these guys? Yeah. Where did they come yeah. from? But they the fit Gary perfectly. The second, yeah, Gary Payton 2.0, like that's been such a fine for them, Crazy. right? Like Juan Toscano Anderson has developed, mm-hmm. but that's the guy that they were, they really had really in the mix last year. But like GP2 is just like, where the fuck did he come Insane. from? Insane. Like I know he's bounced around a little bit, but he's like, he's legitimately a good role player right now. And I think Kerr deserves a lot of credit too, because Last season when they were going through the lump, two seasons ago when they were going through the lumps, it would have been so easy to simplify things and just send Steph out and run pick and rolls 100 times a game and just win as many games as you could. But Kerr said, no, nah, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to keep building our offense because when it when it comes back around, we're going to need everybody to to play in our style. And, right. and so they took their lumps for two years. Guys didn't know how to play in that offense. Like nobody knew how to do it. And now you're seeing it like like they get it now. And and everybody's so much better off because they stayed with those things over the two seasons when they were absolute trash. And really quick, like they obviously can make a trade. We talked about the pieces earlier that they could deal, but I, I'm still got a lot of stock in Wiseman. And I think he's when he gets back, like I think he could take them to another level. I think he'll be yeah. ready. I, Are you I worried think that he's back, still honestly. not back? Are you worried that he's not back yet? Yeah, a little bit. It does seem I wonder if it's because the I I wonder if they're not rushing him because they're playing so well. But then I also wonder if it's like a little worse than they were letting on or right. they want to make sure he's healthy for uh, when another GM calls their GM. And oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you never know. They got a move to make, man, like a big one. And it would be insane. I, I do want them to just be like, fuck this. Yes. Like, we're just going to we're just gonna throw everything on the table and, like, there's nothing anybody can do. Do it. N- nothing anybody can do. Yeah. All right. Speaking I, of nothing I kind of don't do. want that. I kind of don't want that. Like, I think, it's, I think it's the best move for them, right? Like, I, I, think, I think going out and getting whoever would Dang. be a, a, the best move for them. But I also... It was such a bad idea. It is, but it's so as much As much of a cheat code as Kevin Durant was for them, it wasn't as fun to watch them when he was on the team. Right now, they've got that joy again, man. Like, mm-hmm. like they've I got that agree. style where, like where it's dominance. just incredible. I like eliteness. See, I like see, kicking I, someone's ass up and down I, and the, what it I forces love, other teams to do. I love perfect basketball, man. And, and this team is playing such beautiful basketball. And I'll say it. I'll say it, all right? Warriors, 
trade for Kevin Durant, you fucking coward. <laughs> and if you don't, your championship doesn't count. That's going to do it. Sleep out that thing. It's too aggressive. All right, that's going to do it, it for in. this week's point of contention. Hey, but take out don't the New forget. Orleans stuff. This is scan the Portland stuff. I think on the first half of that podcast. Don't fat boys on Fat Boys. To all the shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. Warriors plus minus. Plus today with all the fat talk. Anything is potable. Down to dunk. No dunks. Blue guys. Sixers beat. Form club. Game notes. Michelle Beadle's new podcast. What did I miss? For Jay King for James Edwards III. For Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked on the Athletic and subscribe. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.